But your father was a kickboxer, right? Yeah, my dad was a kickboxer. So as soon as you were a kid, you, you already wanted to, to train kickboxing or martial arts? Yeah, um, I actually started going with him when I was four years old um, because he would pick me up and take me after his work and stuff. So uh, instead of just sitting on the sidelines, I jumped in. So yeah, I started kickboxing when I was four and I did it pretty much my whole childhood. Did you happen to have the chance to see him fight live? Uh, yeah, I've seen my dad fight a few times. I've actually cornered him twice, um, which was an experience as well. But yeah, I've seen my dad fight a few times. How old were you when you cornered him? Uh, I think the first time I cornered him, I was 14. Wow. Um, so he waited a little while to let me do that. But uh, he took a short notice fight and uh, didn't have a corner. And I said, I'll come. So then we went up together and he fought, I cornered him and that was it. So, yeah. So at 14, you were already living in Australia? Yeah, we lived in Australia at that point. Where do you live in Australia? Where? Where did you live? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Gold Coast. Okay. Just near Brisbane. So, yeah, I've been to Brisbane. That's why I asked. I saw you was this. Yeah. But... And um, so did, did you move like when you were nine, 10 years old from Scotland to, to Australia? Yeah, I think I was 10 when I moved over to Australia. Was the transition okay? Did you prefer Australia? Uh, as a kid, I loved it because obviously it's freezing cold in Scotland and always like dark and miserable and there's not much to do. So moving to Australia, we had the beach, it was sunny, we could swim in the pool all day. So yeah, I loved it. So you said you, you trained with your father like soon when you were young. What time did you start to realize you, you really want to be very, very serious about martial arts, any martial arts? Um, I mean, I always loved martial arts and always watched fighting with my dad. Uh, every time that there was a fight on, we would have it on. I think that I got serious when my dad started his MMA promotion in Australia. He actually started running fight night events. Uh, and when he started that, I told him that I was going to fight for him. And he said, there's no way in hell you're going to do MMA. Uh, and then about a year later, I think I had my first fight for him. Yeah, actually, your first fight, I think, amateur fight was 2014, right? So you was me like yeah. 16, 17? It was a month before my 16th birthday. And um, so did you start to fight? Up? Do you have a fight quickly after starting to train MMA? Pardon? Did you start training and fought like a, a year later? Yeah, so I was training MMA from, I think I was like 12 when I started doing like jujitsu and mixing everything together. And I had been training on and off, not like seriously. But uh, at that point, yeah, I think I'd been training like semi-seriously for about a year. Oh, that's cool. Well, something that's very interesting in your amateur career is that unfortunately didn't start too well, the, the result of the fights. Mm -hmm. And I guess um, most people can relate to this, that when you start something and you don't get the good result right away, people try to get you to stop. Or did you even thought about stopping MMA? Or, or can you talk about the experience to lose your two first amateur fights? Yeah, so the first one I lost, I was winning the fight and then got caught with a knee. Um, and I was pretty young, so that was really hard to deal with. But obviously, I just wanted to jump straight back in there. So we started working again, and I jumped back in. And then, yeah, I think 
in hindsight, it was a little bit too early now that I look back at it. And I did have a lot of people, including like my coach at the time and a lot of my training partners sort of talking either to my face or behind my back about the fact that maybe this sport wasn't for me and that I should probably do it for fun and not like put all my eggs in this basket. But uh, there was nothing like something that I never considered was not going all for it. One thing about me is if I put my heart into something, I'm going to go for it. You know, I, I might struggle at the start, but I won't quit. So I decided to move gyms at that point. And I spent two years working under my head coach in Australia, Pasha Stoiler. And we worked on a lot for two years and improved a lot. And then we had our first fight and I've been on a win streak ever since. Yeah, since that day, since that second loss, you never lost uh, until, right, you never lost. <laughs> And uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about that. Uh, just before we talk about the third fight, uh, I wanted to, yeah, to to talk about this because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that watch this interview that are young up-and-comer fighters or just martial arts and that say you should never let people talk to you at something. Like, it's very tough when you're young because you're so influenceable. So it, it must be, now you must be very proud that you you keep going, right? It's something that can fuel you sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um I think that the main thing is just like, if you know what you want, just go for it. You know, it, in fighting, it's a team sport, but it's also a solo sport. You're the only one that has to get in the cage. So, I mean, your coach could be telling you to stop or uh, things like that, but just find, find someone that you fit with and that you work well with and uh, go for it. You know, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because you definitely can. It just might take you a little bit longer than everyone else. Yeah, actually, when I was watching your resume and celebrate, I was like, I thought about that quote in the Million Dollar Baby where he said that fighting is chasing a dream that nobody sees but you. And yeah. actually, you put that on Instagram yesterday on your story. I was like, yeah. I saw everybody as soon as I saw it. And I think it's, it's very, very true, especially when you start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that this sport takes a lot of mental strength and it's something that you have to develop as you go. Something that I still work on all the time, but yeah staying mentally strong and true to yourself and just knowing that if you work hard you're going to get there eventually i think that's one of the uh, main aspects to the sport so then we're coming to that fight against cardio your third amateur fight and uh, I, i tried to find your two two first fight but i did not find them i only watched i could watch that third fight though and i guess you already changed a lot you are already much more confident because maybe like one minute into the fight, you're already smiling. Like the, the, the beginning of the fight is a bit tough, but as soon as you find your range and then if you want to, I, I see you smile and relax way more. So I was like, there's no way that girl is fighting like if she was the back against the wall. Did you feel it was much different? The two loss were just behind you, it was just a fight? Uh, actually, I didn't feel too good for that one. I felt a lot of pressure uh, because obviously I had left the coach that I had been working with since I started and moved somewhere else. And, you know, I had still had them in my head telling me to stop and everything. And I thought to myself, you know, sitting at the back, I even remember having thoughts of, is this really for me? Like, you know, am I just going to go there and make a fool of myself and everyone's going to be like, I told you so. So I think that's what you can see in the first minute. But uh, I mean, confidence has never really been an issue for me either. Like other than maybe that one minute, I think that like every time I'm in the cage, I love it. I love what I do. It's the whole reason that I 
you know, continued to do it after those two losses. So uh, once I started having fun and flowing and like you said, find my rhythm, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I have a question about this fight because actually you were winning most of the fight and um, in the first one, I think you went for like a jumping front kick and she shot a takedown on you. So she got you to the ground. And maybe on the second one, it was the same thing. You were kind of like winning. You went for a spinning back fist and she took you down again. Like every time you got maybe overconfident to try something a bit too creative, too risky, she took you down. This is something that you learned from that fight. Yeah, I mean, I was still young when I had that fight. I think I was 18 at that point or 19. So, I mean, I'm still young now. I'm only 23. But yeah, I, I was still growing into the sport and things that were working in the gym weren't working in the fight. You know, that's something that I took away from that fight. So, yeah, trying to be overzealous and trying to get, you know, that highlight sort of finish or something like that. Uh, yeah, I learned to just stick to the basics from that because every time I threw something wild, I got taken down. Well, also, uh, that's why I was unsure because also on the ground, you felt very, very confident and relaxed from your back. I think even at the end of one number one, you got like that triangle that you should do a hamba that was very close to, to end the fight. So do you have that, that in mind also when you strike that you kind of like, you don't want to be taken up, but you don't care if you're on your back also because your jiu-jitsu is very good. Yeah, I mean, in Australia, we don't have very much wrestling, you know, so uh, that's something that I'm picking up here is that my wrestling is going to get a lot better. But yeah, so I never have been scared to fight off my back. I think that as an MMA fighter, you need to be able to fight everywhere and confidently. So yeah, I, I mean, I was very close to that triangle in the first round. I still remember the feeling of when I had it and her knee dropping into my face because uh she, I think she was trying to defend it. I think that's the only reason that I didn't finish it was because she hit me with a knee in the face that kind of like freaked me out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that once you hit the floor, you just got to go for go for something. I think I always go for broke when I hit the floor. But it's actually a good thing that you did not finish the fight in one number one because the finish in one number three is insane. You said you don't have too much wrestling in Australia, but you should do jujitsu because... You, you, it, feel, it felt like shades of Sakuraba when you got that Kimura trap system when you finished yeah. that. Did, did you see that when she shot the takedown, the single leg? Did you see right away her head was like very low and that you could use that one? Yeah, so the Kimura trap system is actually my favorite jujitsu all time. Uh, very closely followed by back taking, but yeah, I love the Kimura. And I actually, in between the second and the third round, my coach said to me, if you go for that Kimura again, I'm taking your blue belt off you. I was a blue belt at the time. He's like, it's revoked. Like, you're not allowed to go for that. So when I felt myself go for it at that last minute, I just thought to myself, fuck, you better finish this. I was like, if you don't finish this, you're in trouble. So yeah, I hit that as hard as I could and transitioned into the arm bar. And I think that's still, like, without a doubt, my favorite finish I've had in an MMA fight just the feeling of finally after two losses getting that win and getting that win with a finish the way I did after a hard fight uh yeah I mean I went out the back and I just like cried and yeah I was so happy that was the best moment of my MMA career yeah I'm not gonna lie when I watched that fight yesterday I was like holy shit fuck <laughs> I, got, I got nuts as soon as I saw it I was like that's such a great first finish in your career it's such a good way you know, to erase all the bad memories you may have from your previous fight before. 
and yeah, that's that's one perfect first finish. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And so yeah. once what? No, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just couldn't have asked for a better uh, finish for that one. You know, it really solidified in my mind that what I was doing was working, and to just keep grinding. And for sure, since that. Oh. No, sorry. No worries. And uh, since that that day, you you haven't lost. Mm -hmm. Amateur or pro doesn't matter. And um, once you won that fight, it was like a pretty tough fight back and forth. Did you felt like okay, now it's time to just work, improve, and take fight after fight, and just see how it goes? Just just is a process to improve, and not just focus so much on the result. Yeah. So I just put all my trust into Pasha, uh, and I just followed exactly what he wanted me to do. So. Uh, if anything, I'm a workhorse in the gym. So since the two losses, I just thought I just need to work harder than everybody and that's the way that I'm going to win. So I just stayed in the gym 24-7 getting ready for fights and any time that a fight opportunity came up, we took it. At the start, it was a little bit easier. I think I actually fought a month after that fight. I think I had my fourth fight a month after that fight. Won that fight as well by finish. And then it was harder to get fights after that. So my career spaced out a little bit after that one. And so, uh, of course, your jiu-jitsu is very impressive because also you are very long legs and you're very flexible with them. And I don't know, I think you took the back of every opponent you have. <laughs> like yeah. you take so many people's back, it's crazy. Yeah. And would you say on the feet though, that you learn to relax way more and to actually not just shoot for one, two, and to move your head to to pivot after combos was like the, the main thing you worked on your feet? Yeah, I ended up moving to Matrix Boxing Gym, which is in the Gold Coast and working with Steven, who's an amazing coach. Um, I still work with him from a distance, but yeah, he really helped me with my striking. Uh, I think that, I mean, I have good striking, but I think that my main problem in my fights was that I was always too eager to like go forward and to strike hard. So yeah, I think once you watch my career, if you followed it, you'll see that as I go in my fights, it gets a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more technical. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, to the last fight that you had that was very, very, very impressive. And actually, as I watch most of your fights, some of them, I didn't find them, but most of them I watch in chronological order. I was like, it was great to see the improvement and the things that, have, that, that show up and don't show up. Like, um, I think, uh, I don't want to miss her name, but like Trina Trin, Tina Trin, someone like that. Yeah. That you, I think they stopped the, the fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, because, so you got some success on the ground, uh, on the feet, but it was mostly on the ground. They were just, there is no, no competition at, at that point. And did, did you feel that you could overpower and also odd skill most of those girls in, in those amateur fights as soon as they hit the ground? Every single girl in Australia, I knew that I would be, no matter what way division it was. So in amateurs, I was struggling to get fights. So I fought from 115, my natural weight division, to 135. I was taking anything. So yeah, and I know that when it came to the amateurs, there was not a single girl that could even give me a single problem. So yeah. So eventually after winning five fights in a row, you, you stopped your amateur career. To move to the pros, uh, I was just wondering. Uh, I guess I know the answer, but how did you uh, happen to to work for fighting three minute ones to five minute ones? 
Did it just happen to just walk more or did no cardio was never an issue for you? Cardio has never been an issue for me. Uh, I think if you've seen how much I train, truly, I actually get kicked out of the gym by most of my coaches. Like they'll see me and they're like, go home. Like you've done too much. So yeah, I, cardio has never really been an issue. And I love to fight with a high pace. I love to train with a high pace and I love to feel exhausted after training. Um, so yeah, so changing from three to five was actually good for me. I think, you know, so my opponent at the time had had two fights. My first uh, professional opponent, she'd had two professional fights. So she kind of had been in there for a little bit longer. But I think that I pushed the pace on her and made her more tired than I was. So that was a good feeling. Amira Fizovic, right? Is that fight? Amira, yeah. Yeah, that, the, that poor girl at the end of the fight, her face was so, so messed up. That was so yeah. mean. And she was very, very tough, though. It must have been like a, a good test also to know how far you can push because she, she had no quit in her. Yeah, I mean, I wanted a hard fight. I got offered a debut girl or I got offered uh, Amira, who had had one championship experience, and we took the harder fight. We'd been sitting around looking for a fight. So, yeah, we wanted to test me straight away. I think since I moved to professional, I wanted hard fights every single time just to know that I was ready when it got there. So, yeah. Actually, you mentioned a little bit wrestling before um, uh, in Australia. But in that fight, one of the main things that I could see is that you worked a lot on risk control when you're against the fans and to work on your wizard also. Did you feel like your takedown defense was much better in that fight than it was before? Yeah, my wrestling improved a lot over the years uh it's still improving and it's still something that i have to work on a lot because it's definitely my weakest area but i love the rest control and the rest ride sort of like khabib style against the cage um, i even did it in the tina trend fight a little bit and the christy Ops fight as well uh yeah that's one of my favorite techniques yeah and the uh, second thing that happened is that i don't know why for some reason uh, i knew about you because i have some some friends from australia They've been talking about you for, for a year. And I say, yeah, I will watch, I will watch, I will watch. And finally, when I watch, I don't know why I thought you were like more like a kickboxer first, probably because your father was a kickboxer. And mm -hmm. so I expected more at striking first, and I was surprised by the ground game. But in your pro, in that fight against Afizovic, you actually saw a lot of clinching and framing that was super cool. Like you will frame her and get your elbows in after. And did you start to realize that you had like big advantage in the clinch in those fights because you're much stronger than those girls do? Yeah, I think that I have a very big advantage when it comes to the clinch. I've been living in Thailand for two years now. So even before then, I'd been working on the clinch quite a bit because watching the girls' divisions, I think that there's not really very many strong clinch fighters. So when it clinches up, it's straight to wrestling, but finding those like dirty elbows on the inside or dirty knees and really making your opponent tired, that's one of my favorite things to do. So, I mean, living in Thailand now for two years, I have improved my clinch a lot. And I think that uh, come my next fight, it'll be really exciting when it gets into the clinch. Yeah, it's definitely a game changer. It busts your opponent's face so bad. But actually, even on the, on the one, I have a question on the one. When you take someone's back, Often you happen to be a little bit high on their back, but you post with your head and land those elbows and everything. Is it something that you work very hard to post very well with your head to get to stay balanced and just smash those elbows as hard as you can? 
Yeah, that's something I like to do. So usually I'll get the back off of someone else's takedown. So I'll hit the wizard hard and having one less arm, I learned to post with my head to like sort of counteract having only one arm. So yeah, I love to just like be on my head, staring into their eyes and smashing them with my elbows as hard as I can because anybody who's trained with me before will tell you how bony I am. So throwing my elbows is one of my favorite things because it is just, it's really painful. And talking about improvement, it's actually fun and interesting to watch that at first, you've always been very active from bottom, top control, doesn't matter. Always been willing to sew elbows. They weren't perfect technically before. There was almost just you sew whatever you can. But now through the time, they actually became so sharp and so dangerous, especially since you moved to Tiger Muay Thai. And uh, coming to this, did you move to Tiger Muay Thai in 2019 for the tryouts? Yeah, I went. Can you talk what happened? Um, so the the tryouts were very very hard. It's four days of intense training. Uh, obviously, you put in your application and they choose who they want to come, and you go. And it's basically like hard two hard sessions a day for four days. They just try and break you and see who's like mentally strong enough and who's willing to push through everything. So yeah, that was a really a good experience to have you know to it's a one once again another mental test to know that I was ready to go through anything and that I, I could push myself so they gave me the contract and I've been working with the Hickman brothers ever since George and Frank have really sort of changed my game completely once again so they've just leveled me up to sort of like the next level where I'm at now uh, so my wrestling's improved, obviously my elbows and my clench and my knees have improved and just my overall MMA knowledge have improved. So I'm really grateful for those boys and I really can't wait to get back to Thailand soon. Hopefully they open the borders for me. Yeah, actually, yeah, I guess so. Actually, Frank, uh, I saw an interview where he says he has to tell you to chill a lot of time in the training set. Just don't go too hard, too hard. don't go too hard. And um I think it was for your first fight, actually, uh, with Tiger Matai, that you missed weight and that you, you had, like, you win the fight, but it was, like, a long five-on fight. And do you feel you were overtraining that one a little bit? Yeah, I have a lot of issues going into that one that I sort of haven't really spoke about. I had a couple of pretty serious sort of, like, injuries going on and uh, obviously moving to a new gym, a new climate, uh, flying for the first ever time to a fight. I'd never flown into fight week before. So that was like an experience for my body with the water. Uh, and then going from like a hot, humid climate to a cold one to try and cut weight was intense. Plus I'd been overtraining because it was my first uh, sort of full-time camp, um, camp for a fight. I didn't have a job at that point and I was training. So all the time in Australia, I, I worked all day and then I would hit two training sessions at night. Whereas in Thailand, I'm not working. So I'm hitting four or five sessions a day, every day for that, for maybe three months coming up to that fight. So I was really overtrained when I got there and I definitely felt it. I mean, as although I won, I watched that fight back and I'm disappointed with that fight and my effort because of how I felt. I didn't feel 100% in that fight. Well, actually, I love that fight. 
<laughs> not 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 like first necessarily technically or anything, just because you push so hard to actually finish the fight. And it's not like a close fight. No, just not dominant destruction, but it's still a dominant victory. Yeah, I know. I'm just disappointed because I know I could have finished her had I felt a hundred percent, but it was also a good learning experience for me once again that uh sometimes people you just can't put them away and you just gotta keep going uh keep damaging as much as possible. And you should be disappointed because you're very competitive. That's why. That's another proof why you and you have to be. You have to be to reach that level that you want to reach. So so that's a good thing. So uh yeah actually moving to Thailand, which is like most people dream to go train most people who are into martial arts of course. But it takes a lot, like the weather is so different, even from Australia, and uh, the way the train also is so different. Did you feel you need like a good training camp and then you will get used to train there? Yeah, after that fight, I went back and I was a lot smarter with the way that I was training and I started doing a lot more recovery. I've never, before, before that fight, I never did recovery. It was never a thing, you know? I would always like redline myself every training session, push as hard as I could, go to sleep, wake up, do it again the next day. So that, that fight forced me to stop overtraining, start recovering a little bit and actually start listening to what people were telling me a little bit more because I was very hard headed before. And even though my coaches would tell me to chill out and slow down, if they sent me home from the gym, I would go on a, a run and not tell anyone because I felt like I needed to work harder because that's how I got myself into the position I'm at but I've slowly started to realize that you only need to do what people are telling you you don't need to do everything so yeah and yeah not not that the team you had in Australia wasn't good at all that's not what I meant but there's a difference when someone tell you something and when someone that you knew that you've been watching before tell you something like uh, in Tiger Matai there's so many 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 great fighters even in not only in MMA but overall, that sometimes it's good to stay loyal to what gets you there. But at some point, it's good to listen to people who, who have way more experience, right? Yeah, I just started picking up everything that I could off of all the people that I had sort of watched and respected. So, yeah, I found, I found like my way of doing things throughout picking up things from them. And just curious uh, about uh, Thailand and Muay Thai. Um, were you, do you watch Muay Thai often or do you just train mostly just but don't watch too much? Sorry, my phone is dying at the moment, just so you know. Um, I do watch Muay Thai a little bit. Not so much though, the like stadium fights, but I watch like uh, Super Champ or Hardcore, which are two more like foreign shows in Thailand. Uh, I like Muay Thai and I really respect Muay Thai, but it's a little bit slow for me to watch sometimes, especially okay. like coming from MMA. It's like go, go, go. Um, watching the Muay Thai is a little bit slow. Okay, but that, that, the, the training is interesting, right? How much drilling they do uh, to, to, to master one specific punch kick, whatever. And um, also, I always felt Muay Thai was a good uh, base for MMA just for the balance. And the clinch, of course. And so we're going to come to the clinch. Of course, now that you, we could see through the fights that once you were Tiger, the clinch, as you said, you were like much more comfortable, much more dangerous there. Uh, but would you say that your best performance was your last fight, the one you had like a month ago? 
No, I think my best performance was the fight before that one. Okay. With uh, Caitlin. I'm not sure if you've seen that fight. Uh, actually, I saw it on Fight Pass, not on YouTube, but on Fight Pass. I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's, I, I feel like my best performance ever was my fight against Caitlin. Uh, the last fight, I mean, I thought it was a good performance, but there was some things that I wasn't happy with, obviously being a perfectionist. And uh, a lot of things out the back went sort of wrong before that fight. I didn't really get a warm up at all. So I felt like my first round was really rushed and I really just wanted to go in there and finish her in the first. And I feel like I could have, considering how the first went, I had her back the whole time. Uh, so yeah, but that's just the perfectionist in me. I just liked the Caitlin fight because I started getting to do my crazy stuff that I was doing at the beginning of my amateur career, but it was actually working. So I was throwing, throwing like flying knees and I was throwing big head kicks and yeah. body kicks, body punches. And I was just going a little bit crazy, but it was all starting to work and come together. So I liked that fight a lot. Yeah, that left hook to the right head kick, you tried many times. I think the flying knee, you mean, was when she was against the cage, right? Yeah. I, sorry. I, um, <laughs> I, clenched, I clenched up with her and jumped for the flying knee. I'd done it in training and on the pads a lot coming up to that fight. So I was really excited that I got to throw that and that it landed the way it did. And what, what impressed me a lot about that fight was that it felt like you could roll with her forever. Like your transition from Backman to whatever you want. It would just feel that she would never escape the position except at the end of the run. And that you could just smash or submit her as much as you want. That was very scary actually to watch, to feel. If I'm in that position, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I don't. Yeah, I was really confident in that fight. Once I seen what sort of happened, you know, I felt her clinch up for the first throw that she went for and I hit that whizzer back take. And I just knew from then in my head, I was like, you're fucked. <laughs> I was like, I have you everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that one, the one you mentioned, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, here we go again. That's going to be like this. And it was very, very impressive. And so your last fight was in Abu Dhabi. Habib was in the audience, actually, to watch your fights. That was pretty yeah. cool. And uh, also, you, you start to develop that low kick a little bit more than you used to. And um, I just felt... Did you think you also need to hide your low kick a little bit more because she caught you, she contoured you a few times, every time you just kick instead of like jabbing before the kick, you know, to hide a little bit? Do you feel something you're still working on? Yeah, I had been landing that low kick a lot in training on all my sparring partners and actually was like making people stop with the calf kick in sparring. So I think I just fell in love with it mentally and I went to the well with it way too many times at the start of that fight. I also think that had to do with the warm-up not being 100%. So, yeah, I do need to hide it better. But I think that, like, when you watch the second round and I start throwing it in that second round, it's a lot better. So I think if they had given me a proper warm-up, I would have been hitting it a lot better. I understand. And so, oh, we didn't mention that those two last fights are flyweight, right? Yes. And so now you sign with the UFC, I guess you're going to sign for that flyweight division or you're going to try strawweight? Yeah, I'm fighting uh, as a flyweight for the UFC. What do you think about the division? Is there like, what, what, or is, so just what you think about it? I think that uh, there's some strong girls up the top, uh, but the rest of the division is fairly weak. I think that um, 
it's a newer division, so obviously it always takes a little bit longer for them to to build the division, I guess. I, I would say straw weight's the strongest weight division that there is in the UFC for females. So yeah, I think that flyweight's not there yet. Um, but yeah, the, up the top end, there's maybe three or four girls that are very strong in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think that the division's pretty wide open, you know, other than those top, those top girls. I think that the bottom, the bottom girls are all very similar and uh it's sort of wide open anybody could be anybody at any given time so yeah and um so when you were in Abu Dhabi you were hoping to find a fight short notice doesn't matter like for a flyweight when um Lauren Murphy thought you were already back in Vegas right when Silvia pulled out I think actually that's how I got my contract so Cynthia tested positive unfortunately for COVID yeah and my manager called me and told me that I was fighting Lauren Murphy next week and that I needed to go and get my COVID test done and I was flying out the next day and I actually tested positive for COVID as well so that's why that didn't happen but yes I was in Vegas at the time. Did you watch that fight the the, the one she had with the, uh, the newcomer? Yeah I watched the fight. Were you impressed? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Lost the first round, and I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say other than that. She definitely lost that first round, and uh, the other girl got tired, so it wasn't an impressive showcase. And the fact that she's campaigning for a title shot off of beating some unknown that fought her on a week notice but still beat her in the first round is quite surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I just asked for just for a joke. But did you hope yeah. to to fight someone rank, or you don't care? Just want you know that doesn't matter who you fight. People they will be impressed, and you will get to the rankings quite quickly. Yeah, to me, it's never really mattered who I fought. So I just leave that to Mick and Danny at the moment. But I don't mind fighting someone ranked straight away and getting into the rankings. But Unfortunately, I'm not fighting someone ranked straight away, but that's okay. Like, I get a full camp for my first fight, and I'm sure that once they see what I can do, once I prove to them what I can do in this next fight, I'll get another one pretty quickly, and hopefully I'll work up the rankings quickly as well. Do you have any idea when you would like to fight because of the, the fact that you have to wait to be able to go to Thailand? Or will you be even willing to take a fight in the States, training at Extreme Couture with Cynthia and everything? And, um, and fight in the state, do you don't mind? Uh, I've already taken a fight. I can't announce when it is yet, no but worries. yeah, I have accepted a fight. So yeah, I don't like to sit and wait. You know, I can make a camp out of anywhere. So I'm gonna do a camp here in Vegas and I will fight soon. That's uh, awesome news. I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, I'm, I'm super pumped to, to watch you in that division. And uh, hopefully after, before that fight, we can talk again. That would be cool. I'd like yeah. to break down some of your stuff, some stuff you do. So thank you so much for the time. That was a pleasure. Thank and, you. Uh, good luck for your debut. And talk soon thank then. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.